0: I'm Jorge Salazar with the Texas Advanced Computing Center. Welcome to a retrospective look at a few of the science highlights of the Stampede Supercomputer, one of the most powerful supercomputers in the U.S. for open science research between 2013 and 2017. Funded by the National Science Foundation and hosted by the University of Texas at Austin, the Stampede system at the Texas Advanced Computing Center achieved nearly 10 quadrillion operations per second. Stampede helped researchers make discoveries across the full spectrum of science, including insight into diseases like cancer and Alzheimer's, the insides of stars and the signals of gravitational waves, natural disaster prediction of hurricanes, earthquakes and tornadoes, and more efficient engineering and projects such as designing better rockets and quieter airplanes. Through nearly all of its service, Stampede was ranked in the top 10 most powerful computers in the world, and it was a flagship system of the National Science Foundation's Office of Advanced Cyber Infrastructure, which provides academic researchers access to technologies and expertise that drive U.S. innovation and open new frontiers for discovery. Of the over 3,000 projects that relied on resources of the Stampede supercomputer, one of the most important is the discovery of gravitational waves by the NSF-funded Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, or LIGO, in 2015. Gravitational waves are ripples in the fabric of space-time, created by black hole collisions. The waves briefly change the distance from the Earth to the Sun by the size of just one atom, an effect so tiny that only recently this effect has eluded scientists' effort to extract the signal from the background noise. Like light and electricity, gravitational waves give scientists a new medium to study and understand the universe. The Stampede supercomputer crunched numbers for LIGO with 7 million core hours. And what's more, TAC staff help LIGO optimize their code to get threefold improvements. On the line to talk more about Stampede and LIGO is Peter Kuvarez, staff scientist at LIGO. Peter, thank you for speaking with us today.
1: Thank you for talking to me.
0: What would you say is the biggest impact that the Stampede supercomputer has made on your research with LIGO on gravitational waves?
1: Well, so Stampede is an interesting case for LIGO because LIGO's computing has almost all of our data analysis computing, with very few exceptions, is embarrassingly parallel or or pleasantly parallel, meaning that the jobs don't have any need to communicate with one another while they run. We can break problems up into small independent pieces. And so traditionally, LIGO hasn't made use of high performance computing very much supercomputers with fast interconnects we've relied on commodity clusters and up until about uh, three years ago or so um, really had very little connection with the high performance computing community and then we discovered somewhat unpleasantly that some of our largest and most compute intensive data analysis pipelines weren't as efficient as we assumed they were and weren't really up to the efficiency standards that people in the high-performance computing community expect. So we were doing you know, relatively unoptimized fast Fourier transforms and things like that. And so there was a shotgun marriage of sorts that the NSF set up between TAC and LIGO to really take a look at our codes and, and work with us to see what we could do. And the truth is we had spent a lot of time optimizing our codes, but from more of a sort of algorithmic and search design perspective and not so much on the actual code, I think we underestimated how much performance you could squeeze out on modern processors by really taking a careful look at the code. And so the scientist attack uh, helped us do that. And Stampede was the target computer for that because in many ways it, it was the most high throughput like of the various XSEED clusters. It could be made to look like a high-throughput computing cluster that we were familiar with. And so it was the most appropriate place to do these tests. And so anyway, we started a a sort of very intense, urgent collaboration with the scientists at TAC. And out of it came really dramatic improvements. Um, I mean, the real insight at TAC was that we could do way better at the fast Fourier transforms than we were doing. Uh, and that made a tremendous difference in the ultimate cost of our searches. And, uh, and TAC was our target platform. And in fact, uh, you know, we did so much benchmarking on Stampede. Sorry, Stampede was our target platform. And we did so much benchmarking on Stampede that the Stampede CPU remains our what we call our advanced LIGO reference CPU. We, we, we have service units that we use to measure performance just like XSEED does. And, and the Stampede is our reference CPU for those service units precisely because we did so much of our early benchmarking on it.
0: Would you speak to something that you talked about earlier in optimizing the code?
1: There were two aspects to the help we got from the staff attack. The first, as I said, was very specific. It was insight and a study into the performance of a number of different math libraries to do fast Fourier transforms. And they showed us that we could do considerably better than the routines that we were using. And so that optimization in particular, I think... You know, I should have the numbers at the tip of my mind, but it's, it's amazing what you forget in a year or two. Uh, that accounted for something on the order of a, of a factor of two uh, improvement in our, in our performance, um, which is tremendous. When you're talking millions of or tens of millions of CPU core hours of, of computing, cutting that in half is, is an enormous uh, savings. But what it also did was it got a ball rolling inside LIGO that has only snowballed and accelerated, which is we really learned that we had taken for granted some of the corners of performance of our code and we'd underappreciated how much more performance there was to ring out by taking a close look and looking at the latest optimization resources available to us and so we actually hired a few people I switched roles to lead this group, and we have a group of people that's focused solely on optimizing the code in LIGO. And after that initial factor of two that we got directly from the staff attack, we did a number of other optimizations to our code, which ultimately resulted in almost an order of magnitude decrease in the cost of that search. And so TAC was responsible for helping us get that initial bite out of the apple, but we just kept going. And it really you know, I don't know that it would have happened the way it did if we hadn't gotten started with TAC the way we did. So it, it really helped start a culture of, and a project of optimization in LIGO that's continuing to bear fruit.
0: From black holes to building blocks of matter, strange things make our physical reality, according to University of California Santa Barbara physicist Robert Sugar. His group is called MILK, the Multiple Instruction, Multiple Data Lattice Computation Group. They've used over 26 million core hours on Stampede to probe the forces that hold together quarks, the building blocks of matter. I spoke with Robert Sugar about his experiences with the Stampede supercomputer.
2: What I'm going to describe to you is the work of our research group. It's not just me, but it's, you know, there's 10 or 15 people around the country. And our group is called the Milk Collaboration, except it's milk with a C, so it's M-I-L-C. And we're high energy, what are called high energy physicists, and the objectives of our field are to identify the fundamental building blocks of matter, and to try to understand the forces that hold these fundamental entities together to form the physical world we see. So we're talking about things at the size of atoms or nuclei, and then the nuclei are made up of protons and neutrons, and then the protons and neutrons, as it turns out, are made up of some very strange things called quarks, and it's those quarks and their interactions that we study. It can only be done by very large-scale numerical simulations, And the way it worked is you want to study a system. You use what are called Monte Carlo methods or important sampling methods to identify representative configurations of the ground state of the system. This is very computationally intensive. You take these representative samples and you store them and then you come back later and make measurements in them of physical quantities that you're interested in. And so we used Stampede. When Stampede f- first came out, it was certainly one of the most powerful supercomputers available to academic uh, sciences. And we used it both to develop these configurations and to make measurements with them. Now this is so time consuming as computer time consuming that we wouldn't get too far if we just used one computer. (laughs) So we tend to use supercomputers, any ones that we can get our hands on. And at the beginning of Stampede was very powerful and allowed us to make some of the most accurate calculations that we could at the time. As time has gone by, other, more powerful computers have come along, and that didn't mean that Stampede wasn't still useful. We kept using it, but instead of it being used for the most accurate calculations, it was used for, for some that were less time-consuming for, for the computers, but that doesn't mean that, that Stampede didn't play an important role, and with the coming upgrade of Stampede, it will again be one of the most powerful computers available, and we hope to uh, then use it for some of our most challenging calculations. Now, you you might, of course, would like to know, what what is it we're calculating with all this computer time? There are two sort of objectives that we currently have. One is That, you know, I said, what we're trying to do is understand what the basic laws of nature at the subatomic field are. What what are the basic forces and what are the basic masses and, and interactions of particles? And there are, in high energy physics now, there's something called the standard model. What it means is a set of theories that everybody agrees on, which govern electromagnetic interactions, so electricity and magnetism. And those forces are responsible, for example, to holding the electrons within the atomic nucleus. There are weak interactions which are responsible for radioactive decay, and there are the strong interactions which are responsible for binding protons and neutrons into atomic nuclei but they are also responsible for binding these quarks into neutrons and protons and lots of other things which we used to call elementary particles but we know are not so elementary anymore and it is this theory quantum chromodynamics or qcd which governs these strong forces which we are studying and other people in our field are studying, the only way you can do this at present is through these very large numerical calculations. So that's what we use Stampede for. Among the quantities that we are wanting to calculate are things which are, first of all, the masses of these quarks, and a set of constants which tell us how the quarks uh, interact with the weakened interactions. These things are um, fundamental constants within this standard model. And there's the least well-known parameters that enter into the standard model. In order to determine them, you need experiments and you need our calculations combined, Okay, And when you have that, you are um, been able to calculate some of these very fundamental parameters in nature, but it's better than that because you can calculate these same parameters it's several different ways and use several different experiments. And there is a feeling that, it that although the standard model is usually successful, there's something more detailed out there, which people are looking at, and you always hear people talking about, we want to understand physics beyond the standard model. It's not the standard model is thought to be wrong, it's just that if you probe more and more deeply, you may find a more basic underlying theory, and that's sort of the holy grail in this. And what one wants to do in these calculations is not only know what the numerical value of these parameters are, but to see... If you calculate them in different ways, do you get exactly the same answer as them with different answers. Uh, if you got different answers, um, then you would say, aha, your basic theory, the standard model has broken down. That would be hugely interesting and, and, and is something one's always looking for. We have, using Stampede and other k- computers, Uh, calculated some of these quantities to a fraction of a percent, the most accurate calculations that have been done to date. But we continue to probe. We haven't calculated all the things we want yet. Probably never will calculate everything we want to. But we have calculated some of these parameters of very high accuracy, and we've made some very detailed checks of the standard model. Without finding any deviation. So far, oh, there are some hints, but the calculations aren't accurate enough to see if those hints are real or not.
0: Just about everyone can use a better forecast when severe storms strike. Scientists use the Stampede supercomputer to do just that, helping to create real time forecasts for storms. On the line is Ming Shuiye, professor in the School of Meteorology at the University of Oklahoma and director of the Center for Analysis and Prediction of Storms. Shuiye has led research that used 41 million core hours on Stampede to simulate tornadoes and severe storms.
3: Every year, our center submitted a uh, pretty large request for supercomputing times on the uh, Stampede. We also use some other NSF supercomputers, but usually the they are much smaller computers. And so we, this uh, allocation supports probably 10 projects or, or more, even more projects, of our center. We rely heavily on very high-resolution numerical simulations and uh, also forecasts. <clears throat> so this uh, supercomputer is our most critical tool and we always um, use the largest supercomputer available, and Stampede is the largest supercomputer available at the NSF Supercomputer Center. So I think the majority of our research done in the past, uh, well, ever since Stampede came to existence, the majority of our research has been done on this one. In terms of projects, For example, one of our projects that requires really very high-resolution supercomputing is the uh, tornado research, Uh, very high-resolution and tornado simulations, and uh, also very high-resolution called ensemble forecasts. And uh, these uh, simulation forecasts usually require grid spacing on the order of like 50 meters yeah, Basically, you have one grid point every 15 meter, and covering, for example, 100 by 100 kilometer uh, spacing. Then we are talking about uh, 2,000 by 2,000 grid points, and the time step size of like one second of half a second. So these runs require uh, many hours of simulations. And so these runs uh, basically can only be done on supercomputers like uh, Stampede, and uh, when we do ensemble runs, that means each forecast we need to produce like 20 to 50 forecasts, so that uh, computing resource requirement is even bigger, and having access to the uh, Stampede allowed us to to do these runs that basically is unprecedented, and simulations that have really not done anywhere else. And uh, also have resulted in uh, t- significant progress with, in with the understanding of the tornado uh, genesis t- dynamics. So we have published a series of papers on the understanding the tornado dynamics and processes in the leading journals, and actually, we discovered a new process, very important process, for producing vorticity and. A new kind of new uh, source of vorticity that contributes to the spin-up of tornadoes, and uh, that is uh, actually the surface friction, surface friction drag on the air, the airflow close to the ground, and the drag and creates um, horizontal rotation or horizontal vorticity, and this horizontal vorticity. And through calculations, we show that vorticity uh, is a very important contribution or component to the final rotation or st- in the tornadoes. This process has not been studied before, and uh, this is, uh, we could only do it by producing very high-resolution simulations and then including frictional processes and then do very detailed diagnostics diagnostic analysis and to to really uh, prove that it is important.
0: Dr. Shiawatha, thank you so much. I I don't want to take up any more of your time. I just have one last question. What's the most important Mm. thing that you want the public to know about the Stampede supercomputer?
3: The most important thing, well, it is uh, national supercomputing resources that really enabled a lot of the cutting-edge uh, research and science advanced, and without the, uh, say Stampede resources like Stampede, and then a lot of the uh, basically cutting-edge research would not have been possible. And we just hope that uh, yeah, the there'll be even bigger and more powerful. Well, I think it is becoming available as Stampede two. We always look to like to have access to even more powerful uh, supercomputers so that we can make even more progresses and make progresses faster. And uh, so in terms of improving weather forecasting, that is certainly uh, benefiting the entire society.
0: You've been listening to Peter Kuvarez of LIGO, Robert Sugar of UC Santa Barbara, and Ming Shui of the University of Oklahoma. For the Texas Advanced Computing Center, I'm Jorge Salazar.